0: We're excited to be sponsored by Your Digital Future, a new talent agency specialising in digital training and recruitment.
1: One of the challenges we see is that finding good marketers is hard. If you don't live and breathe digital marketing, then how do you know where to find these people? What do you ask them? And are they even any good? Your Digital Future takes that off your hands as an employer. Also, if you're looking for a job in marketing, they work with progressive
2: candidate-focused brands nationally, so it's worth connecting with them even if you're not looking for a new role right now.
0: To find out more, visit yourdigitalfuture.co.uk.
2: Hello and welcome to the More Than Digital Marketing podcast, a podcast about digital marketing and so much more. I'm one of your hosts today. My name is Jack. I'm joined by... Hello, I'm Luke. And hi, I'm Matt. Great to have you here. How's everyone doing?
1: Pretty good.
0: Pretty good. Very good. Yeah, very good. But thanks to be back. With the three amigos, it feels like. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, yeah, I, I said I wasn't going to share this, but I'm going to share it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a look to see when we were all last on together and it wasn't, well, it hasn't been since episode four. So maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. But it's nice to all be in the same room again. And what episode is this? Nineteen. Nineteen. So we haven't been on an episode together for well several 15 months. Fifteen episodes. Quick maths. Yeah, very good. It's <laughs> been yeah, it's been a while. Um, so we I at least listening back to all the podcasts. The I guess the last fifteen, we seem to always start with the question, "How's everyone's week going?" Uh, everyone's answer is always very busy. So going to mix things up this week, and I'm going to ask, "What's the best thing that's happened this week?" So Matt, what's the best thing that's oh. happened this week? The, put you on the spot. That is really on the spot. Um,
0: the best thing to happen this week, I mean, are we going work-related or personal? You, you, <laughs> you can lead the conversation. What are you thinking? Um, what are you feeling? I'm feeling I'm feeling in the zone for work-related. Um, yeah, I completed a digital strategy this week, which was good. A big piece of work, um, a lot of sort of thought and input into it. So yeah, it's ready for delivery um, in a couple of weeks, I think. so. Awesome.
2: Know. What what goes into a digital strategy? <laughs> <laughs> just just throw that out
1: there. Strategy, yeah. Strategy. Well, yeah, strategy.
2: You know, what more? What more the is there strategy. to say? Yeah. yeah. What does
0: it? what is the, what is the brand? What does the company want to achieve, and how are we going to get them there? So, are they looking for growth? Are they looking for transformation? Things like that. So, cool. Uh, it's yeah. yeah and it's the digital very, channels
2: that we we think that they should be using. It's a hefty piece of work, but yeah, it's it's. I I think it's a really great exercise to do, and there's a lot of creativity that goes into it. And it's a really exciting process that the outputs, I think. It's not a case of, yeah, leaving someone with something that's fairly boring and static, it's a real springboard, isn't it? To, to get people excited on yeah. a new direction to take their business. Luke,
1: how about you? Hello, uh, mine's gonna be non-work related, <laughs> um, but I did a CrossFit competition on Sunday um, and I got the results on Monday and we came third. Oh, awesome. So I was pretty happy about that. Um, and then from a work related perspective, uh, I was digging into one of my campaigns earlier, and it's got a ninety-seven thousand percent return on land spend. So I was pretty happy about that.
2: Only, only,
1: <laughs> yeah, you're slacking Only, only. I wanted a hundred thousand. I was going to say
0: you're only you're only a f- five-figure
1: percentage there. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's you need to go for six. It's annoying me that hundred and fifty quid only resulting in like ninety grand.
2: Yeah, crazy. <laughs> well, we were we were talking about that earlier in the office, weren't we? And a big question that I had was why because it was moving to Bing ads was the sort of a big part yeah. of that. So why why did you choose to go to Bing ads in the first place? Um, Bing has had
1: some studies done recently that people are more likely to buy when they are searching on Bing than they are on Google. Um, most, do, you, do you know why that is? Um, because a lot of people that buy quite new and expensive laptops get Bing bundled in. <laughs> um, or Microsoft Edge bundled in, which is like homepage uses bing as the search engine and to be honest people can't be bothered to change over um so a lot of like new and up-to-date laptops are being bundled with this couple that with the fact that edge is good now out of nowhere edge is (laughs) good (laughs) what (laughs) because it's just chrome basically
2: yeah
1: um so yeah yeah i don't think we'll be binging it it's a verb anytime soon. I don't but know. Bing it sounds way better than bit, Googling it. you yeah. reckon? Yeah. I, Bing it on. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> I'm not letting that one slide.
2: No, I think, like, when you're watching a film and you see the main character go to their computer and they go to Bing, it, like, takes me out of the film entirely because I'm like, oh, there's some product placement going on there. Yeah, Because, yeah, I, it's not exactly my first go-to search engine choice. I was,
0: I, I was reading it a little while ago about how, like, Bing market shares growing massively, yeah. and then Google's are shrinking. But that's a side note, <laughs> I guess.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, it's um, it's increased year on year by like a thousand percent, sort of every single year. Um, but it works really well. Going to what you said there um, about when you see stuff like that, when people use Bing, it really takes you out of the out of the situation. Do you remember that one music video by Kelly Rowland? <laughs> where she was getting really annoyed that someone wouldn't text back to her. And then it zooms in on her phone and she's writing the text message out on Excel.
2: (laughs) 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 Can't say, yeah, I can't say I remember that one. It's It's brilliant. It's more uh,
0: Microsoft product placement. (laughs) I was like, God, how can we fit this in? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: So Kelly Rowland was trying to text on Excel and then wondering why no one would text her back. (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah.
2: I don't think there's any real good segue from that into what well, we're going to be talking we, about We also today. haven't covered the
0: best thing to happen in your week.
2: Oh, the best sure. thing to happen in my week. Uh, well, I mean, this is definitely a highlight, being here. Uh, it's been a really tough week for me, to be honest. Um, I had a an exam yesterday to sort of round out my uh, principles of leadership uh, apprenticeship that I've been doing uh, for the past year. So that was my endpoint assessment yesterday. So I think the highlight is being able to put that behind me, hopefully, uh, pending... Two weeks when I get my result, so fingers crossed I've passed. Um, I guess in a couple of weeks I can update if I'm on the pod to say whether I'm going to be resetting <laughs> or not. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, I'm optimistic that I put in enough effort that I don't have to do it again. I think you'll walk it. Hopefully, yeah, easy. hopefully. Um, so yeah, that was that was I guess a highlight, and in my work week and then in my personal life, highlight has been probably my son. Took his first steps, kind of, the other day, which was quite fun to see. He uh, pulled himself up on the couch and was sort of walking around there. So that was a big surprise for everyone. But yeah, that was a big highlight for me, personal-wise. So moving on then to the first of our, I guess, articles. We're gonna be talking about a few different things today. We've got artificial intelligence on the agenda. Surprise, surprise. Talking about general marketing things, and also the Super Bowl, which happened on Sunday. Uh, I guess we're not really talking about the Super Bowl, but we're talking <laughs> about the ads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do we know who won the Super Bowl? Was it Kansas City? Oh, I don't even know who was playing. Kansas oh. City. And come on, it was. I think they were playing
1: Philadelphia. <laughs> I only think that because I'm sure I've seen a meme where someone shared it's currently really angry in philadelphia and using like the it's always sunny in philadelphia (laughs) right
2: so i'm gonna have to find out who was it super bowl 23 was i don't know i didn't come up fast enough (laughs) (laughs) try bing yeah i'm obviously using the wrong search engine (laughs) anyway um so yeah those are the things we're going to be talking about and as i said first we're going to start with artificial intelligence so the first article comes from Business Insider uh, and was called Bard is going to destroy online search. Uh, did we talk last <laughs> week about Bard and what Bard is? The only thing Bard's destroying is Google's stock price. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well we, done. <laughs> <laughs> we, touched, we touched upon Bard,
0: but not in any great detail, if if, you, if anyone is able to give a quick summary on Bard.
2: Um, well, Bard is Google's answer to... Chat GPT essentially. Um, so whereas Microsoft is in investing in is it Azure and Chat GPT, uh, Google is investing in their own I guess AI speech mm. chatbot, which they've called Bard. Um, Brad, <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> as as you said, Luke, it's it's not really been the best of starts. Um, so yeah, one one of the big things that happened was that they released their sort of big official announcement video uh, with a huge mistake in it that was quickly picked up by a lot of uh astronomers because it was a I think the question that it was asked was something like explaining something complex to a nine year old about space and it had <laughs> it had a mistake in it, which yeah, Twitter's on astronomer picked up on and Amazing. through that managed to wipe off a uh, hundred billion dollars in Google's share value Good, yeah it's a uh, just a little mistake <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's just a drop in the ocean for them though,
2: isn't it? <laughs> well yeah <laughs> well
0: seven um, percent less than ten percent drop but yeah yeah still. it's crazy big money
2: but yeah so I remember last week you were I say you Matt we we were uh, as a, as an agency talking about the race, the the sort of the, race that's the on. The
0: AI arms race is what we termed it. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, it's like a pun, but I can't think of one. It's, well, it's really hard at the moment because it's just... We, we sort of come into the, you know, the studio every week and we're sort of saying, like, there was a time where it was Twitter and then now we seem to just talk about AI and chat GPT and things every week. But to be honest, it's just moving so quickly yeah. that it's almost impossible just to not talk about it because so much is changing already chat gpt has changed massively the fact that they've completely rolled out this new gpt plus is it Mm. where they've completely slowed down accessibility to chat gpt where you now have to sign up if you want to experience any sort of real i don't know you were talking earlier about um you get a limit now on how many times you can ask ChatGPT a question if you're yeah. not paying for it.
0: I don't know if that sh- that just shows how much of a reliance I have on this kind of technology, but <laughs> yeah, I apparently asked it too many questions within an hour.
2: So you are um, asking it to write too many poems. Too many poems, too many raps,
0: too many <laughs> sea shanties, stuff like that, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, it's, it's yeah limited, I guess, yeah, capacity, bandwidth, all that kind of stuff comes into play um, if people are just firing off, you know, I'm not going to say I was firing off millions of questions, but no. close to it.
2: Well... <laughs> Just even even the fact that now you have a limit is is just showing how quickly it is moving forwards. I asked it a question yesterday, I can't remember what the question was, but it really felt like it was like like normally it would just be like da 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 sort of like rolling off exactly what the question was and what the answer was but when I asked this particular question it was like taking about five seconds between every word and I was just watching it sort of like slowly drip feed this out and I was like is this trying to annoy me so that I I'm forced to pay for it because I don't really you know I'm not going to sit here for half a day just to watch it write one paragraph Mm -hmm. but that's probably the way that it's moving um but I don't even know how much it costs actually
0: no no sure
2: probably probably not that much are you guys are you guys using chat GPT much or $20 a month $20 a month small
1: price to pay
2: (laughs) available even (laughs) when demand is high
1: faster response speed and priority access to new features
2: Uh, to to answer your question I'm not really using it that much it's kind of an afterthought Ah, everything yeah Uh, (laughs) everything
1: I find
0: myself now and I can't remember if I I think I might have said this last week but I go to chat GPT first for certain search queries
2: (laughs) hmm Wow. Well, because that's, cause th- that's, that's than essentially, mm. that's what this article is about, the fact that Google and Microsoft are going to be taking this sort of AI technology and using it in search engines. So they already recognize that people like you, are going and going to ChatGPT to get a question. Even if it's not the perfect answer, it's good enough. and And that's all that people want, essentially. It's just you know, we're, we're simple creatures. <laughs> yeah. I don't really want to go and look through lots of different pages. If you can just tell me what the answer is. And that's, yeah. that's kind of a big part of the, um, the featured snippets when you go to Google and you search for something and it just gives you an answer without actually having to go to, go to a page. Um, so yeah, it's not a huge surprise that, um, yeah, they're sort of moving towards this. No, I agree. Um, I've been using it quite a lot for like
1: editorial reasons mm. And things like that as well like um when i get articles submitted f- to me from some clients or from my own personal site i'll literally put the article in and just write improve this text and <laughs> it will go through and read and do it and it's just like thank you very much <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I like the, the fact that it's not even that specific it's just improve hmm. improve this text okay i could do that Great, well I, apparently we don't have much to say on that. Just <laughs> kind of, kind of keep... a natural pause in that conversation. That's why we need a jingle. Well yeah, maybe. You can yeah. you can sing one for us. Like it's Oh, fun. I've got a Louis Faroux rap. <laughs> Be I mean that. yeah, it's
1: <laughs> as good a segue as any into a rap, I suppose. Mm, is, I'm Louis Faroux here to spit some truth. About the stock market and the make moves it makes uncouth. It's been a rough ride for Google, that's for sure. Their stock price dropping, investors feeling unsure. Thanks, Louis.
2: Nice. This podcast is not endorsed in any way by Louis <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you know, when we get to episode 100, I'm sure he'll be thrilled to be our special guest wrapping yeah. <laughs> your uh, chat GPT. I reckon raps. Louis Theroux loves marketing. Or he Well, I guess it's one or the other. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think there'll be any middle ground. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, keeping in the realm of AI, uh, we also have an article uh, around the fact that multi, uh, Google now has multi-search, which combines text and images in a single query. Um, this is something that you can find in Google Lens, um, which is not something that I've actually had too much experience with. However... Matt, you were saying earlier that you have had some yeah. experience with Google Lens.
0: Yes, I really enjoy using Google Lens on holiday.
2: So That's, what is Google Lens for people like me who aren't Android users? It's, it's
0: essentially just a search feature using, <laughs> using your camera. So I can take a picture of something um, using Google Lens and it will give me results based on something in that picture. So I it, it, the example that I'll use is the off, uh, the example that i just showed you outside where i took a picture of luke and he's wearing a beige color t-shirt and yeah. it just showed me results for beige color t-shirts that were like similar to that but what i like using it for is when i'm on holiday and i get given a menu or a, uh, i see a sign and i don't know the language so i'll just hold up google lens and it will
2: translate it all for me Crazy. and it's
0: great It's so much yeah I'm just all about efficiency.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so how does this uh, multi search feature sort of tra- change the way that it was working before?
0: So I think now what what it means is you can um where you could use uh, you'd search based on the images, you could input the text um to go along with the images. And I think one of the things that we were talking um that we we're talking about earlier and we might come on to later is you could potentially using it for um sort of local searches and things like that, so you could take a picture of something um so the example that they used in the article that we were reading was um a broken bike part take a picture of that search near me within that and it would show you then re- like bike repair shops in the local area using um using google lens so yeah combining those two things which is i think a really useful feature again just makes it so much easier if you can just take a picture you know rather than and then out, being searching.
2: more <laughs> specific about what you're actually searching for exactly yeah yeah No, that sounds like a really useful thing um, guess I have to go on holiday to try that. <laughs> but you could, uh, I think the, um, yeah, so again, just sort of in the article,
0: you can use it for like the fashion thing. So, you know, I could potentially take that picture of the t-shirt and say, I want this in a certain size or they're different colors, things like that. So then you'd get those results based on how you've then refined, um, you know, use the text to refine that picture.
1: That's, that's <laughs> a really cool thing as well, I think, that you can kind of use it for that. Um, which just gives it that extra bit of use. And then also makes me feel that with all of that sort of stuff, um, that maybe being adding Chat GPT into its own kind of search results is probably still not enough for them to take the lion's share of the market.
2: Well that's that's interesting because that's also where my mind went as well of like how can you sort of optimize a website to sort of match or meet uh specific person's queries around this. And I guess it's just making sure that you have good quality images and um, very like optimized text so that if people are searching for specific images, if people are searching for specific keywords, then your website is still going to be found for those um, for those different elements. And even within the um, the images as well, just making sure that you've got alt text across all the images um, that's optimized there as well.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, I think that makes yeah that that essentially is it, isn't it?
1: So Do you think that will increase the importance of alt text back up then? Because obviously alt text kind of got it's good for accessibility reasons more than anything else at the moment. But is alt text going to increase in importance for search engines now that they're moving into a lot of like image-based searching and things like that?
2: I think probably in this instance because it's if it's matching images with images, then there's probably an argument to be made for having your own images that are really high quality so that, you know, kind of within that sea of generic images, if people are copying and pasting the same image over and over again, if your picture is of a high quality and is similar to the image that's being searched for, it will stand out. Um, But then around alt text as well, I think just in terms of the, the keyword sort of optimized sense of things... I do think that that's going to probably be, mm. um, yeah, very beneficial. Mm.
0: Yeah, if if people are using text alongside images in yeah. image searches, then yeah, definitely.
2: So if your image is good and all the content on the page and the alt text is all aligned with what people are searching for, then that's probably going to be yeah useful. Obviously, if somebody's just writing near me, that's going to be <laughs> <laughs> a, a bit a bit more challenging. Uh, but then that makes an argument for. Improving local SEO. Yeah, for sure. So we're still in AI. Um, so the next the next article on our list we've got, um, there's a wave of AI-based marketing startups um, as Microsoft and Google rush AI-based products to market. So I think that this kind of like is still in that, I guess, race to be the first one to market with everything. And I feel Google definitely... Almost feel like they've missed the boat, but they their their hands kind of been forced hasn't it because Microsoft or chat GPT got out there first and got and everyone sort of got caught up in it mm. they've sort of been in a position where they've kind of like almost been sleeping on it they've they've been from what I've read they've they've had I mean everyone knows that Google invests in AI and machine learning and all of this sort of stuff behind the scenes, but they haven't really been pushing this to the fore yet because it's not a finished product yeah Mm -hmm. true and and yeah they they didn't really want to put something out to market where or just out into the internet that wasn't kind of like a a ready to go complete service that you know they hadn't ironed ironed out all the kinks and things like that um, whereas ChatGPT GPT was quite happy to, to push it out and people play with it and have learned things and I mean lessons have already been learned well the AI has also learned
1: from being pushed out in an early stage to be better like you can't in the initial instance you used to be able to play tricks on it by getting it to repeatedly say the word milk and then yeah. ask it what cows drink and it would go milk oh damn it yeah and you can't do that anymore because it's learned from that sort of thing as well yeah, it's crazy. Very Skynet.
0: <laughs> Very Skynet. Um, yeah, I guess that, so. Uh, Chat GPT was launched by the same company that owns Dali, the like the image-based one, isn't it? So oh, yeah. maybe they, you know, they've just been working on AI and were more confident, and maybe it just wouldn't have impacted their like shares. Whereas you can imagine, like we, we were talking about earlier, like if Google had released something that was unfinished and didn't work, it would probably wipe out much more than just seven percent of their. Uh, you no know, revenue or
2: mm. well you say share, it hasn't share impacted value. their shares but it probably has in like a very oh, positive a really way, way yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah where i guess yeah it's just crazy how it's just taken the world by storm and people are really like just yeah really bought into it aren't they i think mm.
1: going back to the chat gpt point there where you made about how they were happy to sort of release it um as is and then let it learn from that as well as it was almost like the space race mm. like they, the first person to do it was going to be the person who set the precedent. And arguably now, when I think of like AI, I think chat GPT. Mm. It's the only thing I think of. It's like, and same with like the search engines back in the day. It's like Google, it was the only thing I think of. So there's now kind of the argument there of if chat GPT carries on, then it's going to be like the like the the OG and mm. the main one that everyone kind of turns to, just because it was the first one there.
0: Yeah. This is why it's the, the AI arms race, isn't it? Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, the first person to absolutely nail it, which, I mean, chat GPT is not perfect, but it's good enough, isn't it? Well, um, we're, we're talking about it, yeah, so exactly. they're not doing too bad. using it. Um, yeah, I imagine, like we just said, the amount of money that they're going to be generating and just awareness of it. It's almost launched a bit of
1: like an AI search engine cold war as well of like everyone sort of threatening that we're going to add it to us. We're going to add it to ours, And then it's like, when? And then yeah. it's soon. And it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But this
0: is, it's, it's really interesting to see the different kinds. So chat GPT is obviously sort of text based and you've got the image, um, creation. And this one, this article from Digiday is around a company called Rembrandt uh, or Rembrandt uh, started focused on product placement in digital videos. Um, I had no idea about the size of that market. Uh, It's like worth 23 billion or something dollars. Um, But yeah, so essentially inserting um, products into movies, TV shows and social media through neural inverse rendering. Um, so so for, a, for 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 those <laughs> of us not in the room who
2: aren't scientists, <laughs> what 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 is? I'm gonna have to do a quick bing of that. Okay,
0: um, <laughs> what but, is
2: neural inverse rendering? um
0: <clears throat> I'm guessing it's yeah, where they can. Um, He's binging it. If I'm binging it. Yeah. <laughs> Let me. So inverse rendering aims to estimate physical attributes of a scene. Uh, Yeah, so what I think, I mean, I'm trying to translate it here from my interpretation of it, but I'm guessing, like, retrospectively, that you can insert a product into a video that's already been shot, essentially.
2: Mm -hmm. I guess, well, a big part of that is probably... Sorry, I was just aware of how many P sounds I've just (laughs) made. (laughs) Um, (laughs) A big part of that uh, is probably, um, you know, if it's on a TV maybe or something or on a poster or a bus like a, that goes past it something like maybe not necessarily in a physical space, but like quite easy to just sort of like paint over the top of, or yeah. like maybe it is more complicated than that. You know, there's in game of Thrones, you might remember, is it the final season? They had that Starbucks yeah. cup that uh, they had yeah. to remove. And then what in the Mandalorian, there is the, the guy with the jeans in the background that they, removed as well so i mean it's, it's quite i don't want to say it's easy to do it because uh, <laughs> uh yeah that's that's not my job yeah. but it looks i mean it can be done mm. is is the point that I do it. And it's yes. not the
0: it's not the first time it's not like someone's going oh this is a completely new thing that we're going to try and see if like we know that it can it can be done and it works I and mean, it might just make things like getting product placement more again more accessible for more brands probably Drop the cost of it potentially if you're mm. getting more. Um, I don't know if it's going to work in like a, a way where you could. I'm watching a certain product uh, program, and or we're all watching the same program, but we're targeted with different products. So I will see a Coke <laughs> bottle, and you'll see uh, another brand, a Pepsi bottle, yeah. and you'll see a
2: water bottle or something. Like Blade Runner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, well they really they weird. do that thing with. I think it's like a like sports games where they have those digital billboards like around the pitch, mm. and like depending on, you know, I guess where you are in the world, like you see different things on those different mm. digital billboards. Obviously not exactly the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fairly similar. Uh so the last thing on our AI list was around Nestle and the fact that they've been using AI to set creative rules for its in-house marketers. So fifteen thousand marketers that they have. Um which again is I think for me a very interesting way of how the how businesses are are using ai in different ways where it's not just a it's like everyone jumping on chat gpt to <laughs> to write louis through perhaps <laughs> um we're using it in a in loads of different ways so so this was basically that they have created this platform uh using creative x uh, and they're essentially yeah they have i guess this platform that they can run their creatives through um where it will essentially tell you how good the creative is um and how successful it's likely to be um based on what has been created so it's kind of like i guess intuiting or interpreting based on best practice Mm -hmm.
0: yeah yeah I, i thought this was really interesting because i think so often when you're creating campaigns and running campaigns you create the artwork and it's not until the moment you set it live and let it run for a bit that you really get an understanding on how well it's going to perform. Um, and then you have to go then go back and make tweaks and set the campaign live again. Um, whereas this just feels like it's a much more efficient way of before you even set that campaign live, you've got a set checklist that w- you'll be able to quickly plug your proposed creative into and it would say, yes, it passes on this, but it fails on this and you can tweak it before you even put it out into the market. Um, yeah i j- I just thought it was really interesting and sort of intuitive way of again using AI just to make i guess spend time more efficient
2: yeah I guess part of the reason you'd be doing that is to save money because you what's the point in putting out an ad that is going that is possibly going to perform well when you can put out an ad that you know is going to perform well yeah. based on you know what this AI is suggesting, but at the same time you're investing in a platform. <laughs> Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of like I don't know. You got to spend money to make money. It seems like a like it seems like the investment in something like this does it really outweigh when you've got two thousand brands that need check in
1: for this kind of ad suitability? I'd argue
2: that yes,
1: <laughs> the, the investment
2: definitely drastically outweighs. Sure, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I, you know, um, I'm, I'm here to
1: ask questions. Later. If I had to check 2,000 <laughs> brands worth of ads before they could go live,
2: I'd, I would hope I had a platform that could do that for what me. What, are, you, are you just hoping now that it's a drag and drop and you don't have to like do them one by one?
0: Yeah. <laughs> With someone like someone, you know, that's in the paid world all the time, would you find something like that useful?
1: Oh, I'm, I am professionally lazy. <laughs> so anything that's going to make my life easier...
2: Is, Are you trying to tell me you didn't write that rap earlier? I didn't.
1: <laughs> like, I have, I have had chat GPT writing ad headlines for me. Like Anything that's going to make my life easier so I can focus on bigger picture stuff, I'm all for. Is that your novel about Louis <laughs> Thoreau? It's my novel about Louis I'm um, just creating, like, 650 raps. Yeah. <laughs>
2: no i I think it's it's really interesting, you know, as I said before, all the ways that a i is being used It's just being used for admin bits, right, and mm.
1: no one likes doing the admin bits of any job ever, so if you can streamline that and get a piece of kit that would do those admin bits for you, so you can focus on op- like building an audience or optimizing the return on ad spend to get like decent return on ad spends and things like that and have that time back then I'm all for it, yeah.
0: It's using it in in parts, isn't it? Where it's yeah, where it's going to help out, but yeah. not relying on it for everything.
2: Okay, then Bosch. Right. So, do you want to sing us a jingle to take us to the next bit, Luke? Jingle. Thanks. All right, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so next, we're going to talk about some general digital marketing things, marketing budgets, and stuff like that. Um, the first one is around crypto advertising. And its collapse on social media. The only time I see
1: crypto at the moment <laughs> is always coupled with the word collapse. <laughs> like every time, it's like crypto and collapse. At some point, well, they're always paired. Is, is the bubble burst? I, d- yeah. I don't
2: know. Like, I don't know. If this is something you can answer, but is crypto like crypto? Is not my thing. I've I've literally had no no yeah no real interaction with crypto apart from talking about it in sort of vagaries and yeah. things like that but
1: well, there's there's still a couple that are still existing and doing quite well but for the most part it seems to be fading a little bit like one of the pools i can't remember which one it was
2: created oh me, wait know. are you talking logan's logan's and yeah yeah cuz that's so bizarre i was literally going to ask you about this <laughs> um Let's go, with, let's go with Logan Paul. Logan Paul or Jake Paul. Or not Jake gonna, Paul.
1: I'm not going to say definitively either one because they are suing people at the moment. Okay. Um, Why don't we just refer to them as Mr. X? One of <laughs> Mr. X's created like a platform that basically died a death pretty instantly, but got quite a lot of buy-in. And I think that a lot of the crypto bros are sort of seeing quite a lot of collapse on these platforms now. Bitcoin's is it, obviously is it, still just going up and up and up.
2: Crypto Zoo?
1: crypto zoo that's the one it's logan paul logan paul um but then like he got he's gotten into a spat on twitter because someone basically called him a money launderer and sent him a load of emails accusing him of being a money launderer and logan paul threatened to sue him and then the guy was like here's all the proof i have about you money laundering and logan paul was like i'm so sorry." Um, another
2: genuine apology. Another from, genuine from a apology pool. from from a, mm-hmm. from Paul. Yeah,
1: um, I just think the the bubble maybe is bursting on on it now.
2: I don't know how much Bitcoin is worth now. Well, so the the statistic kind of associated with this particular article was that crypto brands in the US spent ninety six percent less on social media and other digital channels in January twenty twenty three than January twenty twenty two. So, yeah, I guess there's less confidence and less interest. Mm. Um, even Bitcoin,
1: it looks like, is 36% down in value over the past
2: year. So, yeah, if 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 you've got any crypto, anyone <laughs> listening out there, maybe now's the time <laughs> to... Uh, to sell, sell, sell. Yeah.
1: But who knows? I mean, Dogecoin is going up as well, I think. <laughs> which is crazy
2: but yeah please don't come to us for crypto advice no. we're, <laughs> we're, we're not here to advise you whether you should be selling or <laughs> investing in crypto it's just more of an interest that apparently yeah interest is waning yeah I've got a
1: dogecoin though
2: just the one that's yeah. probably worth quite mm, a lot <laughs> one dogecoin no it's worth 7p
1: alright <laughs> um, yeah I'm just holding out for my Dogecoin payout so that I can <laughs> retire at 33, let's go
2: with. Okay. So what, that's another year to go? Another year to go. All right. Um, I'm going to pass to someone else because I don't want to try and pronounce the, the company in in this article. So Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I just
0: pointed to Luke. you uh, Yeah. So this one is about uh, marketers getting more access to publisher first-party data with Permitive Xander type? Yeah, I'd get no, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What would everyone else have said
1: there?
2: I would have said Permitive Xander. Yeah. I might have gone with Permutive.
0: Permutive zander Yeah. yeah. Okay. Permutive. Zander. Permutive
2: <laughs> like a real word.
1: <laughs> um Well <but>
2: yeah. <laughs> nor does Xander with I'm gonna ask ChatGPT how to pronounce it. I don't so think it can do that, can it?
0: This story is about uh, permutive, making first-party data available to the buy side for the first time through a partnership with Xander, which is a microsoft-owned ad tech firm um, and this integration addresses the scale issues that ad buyers face while transacting through direct deals with individual publishers and provides a common language for buying the same audience regardless of the publisher
2: um, so i guess this is kind of in luke's wheelhouse just because I heard the word ad. because we heard the word ad, so you're and like, data. it's for Nick.
1: Yeah, so permutive Xander. Yes. As ChatGPT has just told me it is pronounced. So it is permutive. Yep, I'm uh, so sorry. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really know anything about it, to be honest. Okay. Um, Apart from this article with people like trying to shift over to it um, because we're just kind of... It's a weird one, like data's being... Guarded and gated quite a lot more than ever before. Um, even things like trying to report on data in Looker Studio now with GA4 has a query limit, yeah. And is gate like, and uh, the way around that is if you have try and like use a plugin to get onto Data Studio to get your kind of data direct, costs you money, and it's like, oh. so I think this is kind of looking at it's obviously a, a buying you have to buy it but a way around being able to kind of do that from what i can tell
2: well i think it's fair to say that first party data is like the most valuable data Agreed. um and so i guess for any business as we kind of move away from you know the way that we currently do things into more of like a cookie-less future that we've alluded to in previous episodes Je, just having access to first party data is going to be really really important for businesses to kind of know who to target and how to target them um so so yeah this this partnership i think is quite in- interesting just in in the fact that there are businesses that are being proactive and thinking about that the next steps and i guess with a lot of things you know at the moment it's quite hard to know what's around the corner yeah but when we do get there um you kind of want to be ahead of the curve don't you it could be quite exciting as well with the fact that
1: google are again gating a lot of their the use of first party data away from you so you um as of oh, i can't remember the exact date um but as of some point this year very soon you can't use similar audiences on google ads anymore yeah i remember you saying that um which is quite a scary thought because a lot of campaigns get built around similar audiences to converters because it's an easy one to do. Um, and being able to leverage your own first-party data is getting more increasingly difficult. So having this and coming through with being a Microsoft-owned ad tech firm could potentially like counteract that and then increase sort of Bing Ads' worth all over again, even though Bing Ads
2: is brilliant as it is. Just to follow that up, so starting May 1st, 2023, May 1st. Google Ads will no longer generate similar audiences, also referred to as similar segments, for targeting and reporting. Yep. If you have active campaigns with similar segments, those will remain with your campaigns until August 1st, 2023. So not really that much of a warning, is it? No, no. no and only like, The news only
1: dropped recent, very, very recently.
2: Yeah. So you heard it here first, it maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs>
1: um, So yeah, being like anything that's going to help me leverage first party data even more from an ad perspective is going to be, it's going to be very important. Um, But it's just that stuff there with Google, it's just the only way you're going to be able to do that is through the fact, through Performance Max, which then throws into question of Performance Max is doing really well at the moment and providing like ridiculous return on ad spends, but... If all of a sudden a bunch of the like Google ads features are only available in performance Max is like how effective is that particular media channel still gonna be because everyone's gonna have jumped on it and every, mm. like cost per clicks will go up, the auction system just increases again and again and again, and it's just then what Google needs another solution of another type of campaign that it builds, yeah, I guess well,
2: we just need bigger
1: budgets for marketing essentially, yeah but the budgets for this year just aren't really there um, at the moment. And I mean, the ne- I know it's a bit of a segue now, but the next article we have says that only three out of 10 marketers expect big- bigger budgets in 2023 um, due to kind of like uh, inflation, interest rates, supply chain challenges and various other things um, with over a third of marketers seeing their budgets completely cut or not completely just cut in 2022. And those budgets that are cut staying the same for this year, so the increased kind of budgets aren't really there um, because we're just we are in a cost of living crisis. People don't want to throw more money at advertising for less
2: yield at the moment. Those yeah, we were talking earlier about these statistics, and I said that they seem a bit, I guess, redundant because a third a third of marketers seem to be saying that they are increasing. A third say that they won't increase and a third are saying that they're reducing so (laughs) it's it's good to see though like it's 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 a good statistic that there is kind of that split where some do have confidence and others i guess don't as opposed to everyone saying it's all doom and gloom and the majority of people are saying that they're going to either not or they're going to cut back so so yeah i think that there is still hope out there
0: yeah i think previously um on uh i think a couple of pods ago uh (laughs) We were talking about um, how people are sort of shifting more into um, putting their budget into brand building activities um, rather than sort of performance marketing activities, which is really interesting. But then this goes in a slightly different direction and is also important about nurturing your existing customers. Um, And while there are lots of macroeconomic issues at play, which might be affecting Um, you know, the performance of your brand and like activation performance marketing, Um, actually nurturing those customers, doing things like potentially loyalty schemes, uh, referral schemes, whatever it might be, might be a better way and a more cost effective way to drive your revenue while things are more expensive and people's purse strings are tighter.
2: I think one of the things that we really saw during COVID was the real winners were the ones that kind of just persevered and sort of said yeah okay times are tough you know we're really short on budget but we're going to keep marketing as opposed to slashing the marketing budget and investing in seo keeping on paid media spend so that they were ahead of their competitors and what happened was those that sort of like weathered the storm almost and came out the other side two years later were light years ahead of their competitors who had to sort of essentially start building from square one again um and i know that that's not possible for everyone but it is worth as you said sort of that you know choosing which tactics you want to deploy but like to completely pull the plug is a very well you've taken you've taken the steps to invest up to this point to not continue to invest is yeah just I, i would argue is a big mistake it's
1: I also think that uh, so much of it is marketeers' perceptions of the market and assumptions of the market Mm. is what we think is going to happen. And that's why we're pulling budgets is because we think that we assume people are searching less. But I had something from Google earlier um, for one of our clients that was showing me sort of trends from the end of 2022 to the end of 2023 for sort of like high-end jewellery. And the searches have increased by like 30%. Mm. So people are searching and purchasing like these high value jewellery products more than they were this same time last year. So it's like the market for them specifically and for so many other people that we've kind of looked into with competitive research isn't dipping as much as you think Mm. because admittedly, while like the cost of living crisis and there are a lot of tech layoffs and stuff at the moment, there are a lot of people that are just working in recession-proof industries that are seeing quite a lot of increases in things. A lot of businesses that, did weather the storm through the pandemic that are just in a better place now than they were at the beginning of the pandemic that are just going okay we'll just crack on
0: yeah yeah well I suppose the other thing there is yeah it's the search volume might be going up but it's actually the conversions that aren't but actually you still need to be you need to be doing your brand activity and you still need to be sort of running a certain amount of activity so that when those people are then ready to buy you are there for them sort of front of mind yeah um an interesting. I've got a good example of like first-hand example of pandemic um, marketing where a uh, company that I was using uh, were focusing on loyalty, and it was my car insurance company, and f- they gave me a refund for however long the lockdown was, the first lockdown, because obviously no one could drive, you couldn't go, you can't go anywhere, um, and it was one of those things where it was like they gave me back like three months of what I would have paid them, which isn't massive and it was probably just like their marketing spend that they actually didn't then go on to spend Mm. but i'm like well i thought that was a really good gesture and i wouldn't go anywhere else i'm still with them now i was gonna say the question is who did you move to (laughs) after (laughs) (laughs) yeah i am genuinely still with them now even though they weren't the cheapest quite but um yeah i just thought when it it
2: came to renewing we like Mm. yeah those three (laughs) months (laughs) made the difference
0: i I did i i did have more loyalty to
2: towards them because of it genuinely No, that's really, I, I think kind of, yeah, off the back of, of, yeah, both of those points, data, data is just so important and making decisions based on data is, is a real sort of factor in this and not sort of finger to the wind of just sort of saying, well, you know, this is kind of this, what I feel is the current situation and I'm going to make a decision based on that. It's actually digging into, you know, whatever, whatever channel it might be to, to make a, an informed decision. Agreed. So I'm really excited about the next article, which I can see being teed up here. <laughs> <laughs> I, so. I, th-
0: I thought we—I I was just going to cross it out. <laughs> oh, wait, no! This is this is this is really exciting because
2: it's the return
0: of Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter. Yeah, we you, did talk about it there yeah, last time I was on the pod. It was yeah, that was the big topic. Oh,
2: and was now, it? Now it's AI. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, can't can't go a week without talking <laughs> about Twitter. Um. I think this is a quick one and done. I just thought it was quite funny. Um I love I love seeing all these updates, you know, that come through. I guess arguably uh not as thick and fast as it has been previously, but what's Elon up to these days? <laughs> Twitter is considering charging brands
1: one thousand dollars a month for a verified gold tick mark on their accounts.
2: Quick quick round uh round question. And the social media- is, this, is this gonna work?
1: No, if I'm not willing, if I'm not willing to spend a thousand pound of my marketing budget on advertising, I'm certainly not spending it on a check mark that offers very little. Like even this specific article from Social Media Today says, the proposed pricing stat-
2: strategy seems high and offers little in return. <laughs> it's <laughs> like I just like sometimes it's like a fever dream. Mm. Just what is he doing? I, like has he literally made all his money from luck? I don't know because <laughs> yeah. he he he's to have absolutely
1: no business sense whatsoever. <laughs> he's a, he's a rolling finger the dice. in the wind guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Definitely like Oh, they're not they're not they're not willing to advertise for me. Maybe though, a grand a month gold check mark. <laughs> <laughs>
2: is it like you know you have those those apps what is it the the like if it's like Candy Crush or something where you have to pay for certain things, they're just hoping that there'll be enough people out there that would pay a thousand dollars. So, you're
1: saying that that Elon Musk's big change to Twitter is that he's brought in microtransactions?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, when you see headlines like this, you can't really argue it, can you? No, I can't. No. <laughs> And
1: it's even in the same article, like the very last point we have here. The proposed <laughs> pricing may further devalue the option and result in questionable organizations acquiring verified gold tick marks. It's so, like good job, even at the, the the rumor of it, like publications are ridiculing him. So it's about
0: verification, but anyone can just go and pay and get verified. So yeah,
2: well I for a thousand dollars, right. yeah, yeah, you can It'll do cost that. You, yeah, you know. Yeah. I just like, we're going to end up with literally like all the colors of the rainbow, different colored check marks that like, almost yeah. like you said, my, microtransactions, like literally. what tier of Twitter you are on the, the $3,000 platinum. Package. It's just
1: a status thing, isn't it? Like for your business, it's like, yeah. oh,
2: we're a gold business. <laughs> it's like, go away. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if, if, if being completely and utterly honest with you, if I went on Twitter and I knowing about the thousand pound per month gold check mark I saw any business with a gold check mark I would actively not buy from them
2: it would put me off them what if it was like a mom and pop like local greengrocer sorry (laughs) mom and pop local greengrocer I'm (laughs) off to Sainsbury's (laughs) they spent their last last sort of marketing budget on on that gold tick you know what they should have spent it on Google ads (laughs) well maybe they could have put some money into advertising around the Super Bowl. And nice. that's my segue for the week. Yeah,
1: because the um, the £1,000 per month gold checkmark translates to the $6 million <laughs> you need to advertise during the Super Bowl.
2: Hey, you can do some <laughs> digital advertising at the same time. And you could, you know, if you're doing it well, maybe you could do it more effectively. Um, so, yeah, we're going to move on to the, the last sort of like round of articles that we've got, which are around the Super Bowl, as we, I think, quite expertly demonstrated at the start of this conversation. We don't really know much about the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I, I liked that and earlier in the conversation you called it, you just went, at sports games. It's like, yeah, I've spot the free guys who don't really watch sports at all.
2: <laughs> if it's hey, it's I was trying to be vague. I didn't want to, you know. Anyway,
1: moving on. Kansas
0: City Chiefs one. I don't know if we covered that earlier.
2: I, th- I thought I said that. Oh, sorry. The, problem is, the problem is I don't know who they were playing. So. Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, uh, so it was the Eagles. Yeah. Okay,
1: great. I'm literally, I, I'm sat here going, I don't like, I don't know anything about this in my Raiders hat. Yeah. Literally wearing <laughs> yeah. a Raiders hat right this second. But as it turned out
2: from the Super Bowl, Rihanna is the best SEO in the world. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what's what's the story behind rihanna and
1: seo her searches for her brand which she fenty beauty which she kind of basically plugged during the Super half halftime show uh increased 833
2: percent since she did that um so that's all the the hard work that all the seos have done yeah around her brand that yeah it's just a coincidence that she happened to be at the Super Bowl. wow yeah. if they weren't if they weren't
1: ranking for those terms, and people were trying <laughs> yeah. to Google it. But then didn't,
2: didn't, absolutely no landing pages
0: for no whatever it was, Fenty Beauty in uh, Invisimat instant setting and blotting powder. Then <laughs> well, exactly that traffic wouldn't have come through.
1: Exactly, <laughs> and it the value of it increased by five point six million dollars.
2: I, I to Anna's pocket. I'm going to twist this into uh, a valid point. That I know we're all being cynical here, but. Um, I think it does show the value of working, like having different channels optimized so that when you're doing something, be it, you know, a live performance at the Super Bowl, when people go and search, they can actually find your product. And it's the same, you know, if you're doing a just a, a standard paid campaign, again, you want to be able to be found in all the different channels and on all the different platforms that you're you're running any sort of campaign on.
0: Mm. We we talked about sorry when we were just covering the um, the Christmas ads bef- in December. Obviously, before <laughs> that <Christmas>. recently <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about how um, the John Lewis ad was like had this theme of s- skateboarding, but then they didn't actually have, have a skateboard to sell as a product, which felt like a bit of a miss. So mm. it was like it, yeah, it exactly. Um, goes back to what you're saying.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I also think that it just shows that I mean, probably not on the same scale, but leveraging your influencers and this can be micro influencers which are people with like up to 10,000 followers leveraging those people to kind of push out your brand is is increasingly important because like obviously no one is really as big as rihanna at the moment but like people who have these smaller followings still have the same cult like following and trust that if you were if those people were to say buy this product, people go and buy that product. Mm. Like a friend of mine, I think I've mentioned him before, he's like a uh, a micro-influencer, I guess. No, probably a bit bigger, but he's got like 60,000 Instagram followers and like a, a protein company approached him and said, can you uh, say that you drink this protein? So he did one shoot and they were like, oh, our, um, our protein sales for this month went up 75%. And it's just like, this is from someone with just like 50,000 followers they paid him like maybe a grand, two grand. And he did that, posted a couple of Instagram profile pictures. Um, It helps that he is absolutely hench. So whatever protein powder he's drinking, like people who want to get absolutely hench are probably going to buy in and try and get it. But like leveraging those people, it doesn't have to be Rihanna at the Super Bowl. It can be Luke's friend Scott in a gym.
2: (laughs) It could could be Coldplay at the Super Bowl. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: does that have to be reality? No, but like <laughs> if you've got a beauty product, leverage a million and one of the beauty TikTok Instagram profiles that are there. If you've got a, an alcohol, like a whiskey or a gin product, then there are whiskey and gin specific influencers out there that you can probably get into. Like send send them a couple of free products that you probably won't miss that much by taking the hit on. And get them to
2: talk about you on on social media. Well, I mean, it it definitely works. Yeah. Um, That's why people do it. And that's why people pay good money for it as well. So, you know, in in the example that you just gave of your friend, like, it's not like they gave him, you know, a crate of their product for free. Like, they really did, you know, pay him to, you know, to advertise their product because they knew that there would be a return on that investment. Yeah, and exactly. I guess my advice would be you know if we're talking about influencers, if you are looking to yeah use influencers to help to sell your products or your services, then you should pay <laughs> fairly yeah you know pay pay your influences fairly in you know uh, I guess something that you think is fair for the return that you're likely to get from them leveraging their audience because essentially they're putting themselves out there,
1: yeah. Yeah, Mm. for sure. And it kind of harks back a little bit to the point Matt was making on one of our previous articles about how people are moving their kind of their focus into brand loyalty. Influencers build your brand loyalty like nothing else because they have their entire business model is around loyalty. So if they endorse a product, they're going to build loyalty in you as well. And yeah, it can be anything from like a beauty product, a protein powder, um, he also got given a Harley Davidson. So that was kind of the complete other end of the scale. Um, but stuff like that, like just leverage the trust that these people have from Instagram and TikTok and whatever else and use it to promote your products. I was just going to add on to that as well. P,
0: like like uh, how PR and digital PR can help influence searches and things as well. Like think of the backlinks that they got now. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like again, going back down to a smaller scale, like think about like, how can you get people to talk about your product? Is there any interesting facts around it? Or um, is there a way that you can sort of package it up? Any stats, any research you can do to yeah, get people talking about it from a PR point of view
2: as well? Perfect. Thanks. Nice. Um, we didn't really go into depth on <laughs> as much on the Super Bowl as I kind of expected us to, but probably a good question to ask is, did you watch the halftime show at least? see rihanna i watched rihanna and um uh, i watched
1: the ads
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think for me the best thing about Super Bowl is the ads yeah. but i i'm yet to catch up I haven't, I haven't
2: yeah i watched all the movie trailers but i didn't watch any of the that flash movie trailer though the the 32nd oh one yeah. yeah i mean i was convinced it was going to be terrible i it was so an...
1: against that movie even existing
2: and now i'm going to go
1: see it day one
2: yeah it's I mean it's incredible what adver- <laughs> advertising can yep. do give the people what they want and they might actually go in and do what you want them to do I also really want Dunkin Donuts now as well <laughs> <laughs> nothing to Bans- do with yeah. Ben Affleck in the hope you'll
0: see <laughs> Ben Affleck you're selling yeah. your donuts
2: yeah right well I guess on that glorious Bomb note shell. yeah we'll, uh, we'll leave it there for a week another week so thank you very much uh, for listening out there um and thank you luke thank you matt thank you um have a great week and we will catch you next time thank you bye thank you for listening to the podcast more than digital marketing is released every friday ready for your weekend listening so please do rate and subscribe so you don't miss an episode you can follow us on Twitter using at Solutions. And if you want to get in touch directly, you can do so using podcast at OpticsSolutions.co.uk. Thanks for listening and see you next week.